Welcome to the Prudential Center and another edition of Devil of a Conversation. My name is Seth Everett. And, you know, look, I don't want to lose street cred. I do pump up every guest we have. I get very excited whenever we're talking to somebody, whether it's a veteran player, it's a younger player. Ken Danica was a highlight. Peter McMullen was a highlight. Hugh Weber was a highlight. But uh, when I saw the news that has uh, just been announced and folks who, who follow this team know about this, uh, the retirement of Patrick Eliash, immediately I said, that would be a podcast of all podcasts. Uh, it is an honor, sir, uh, to have you in, in here. Congratulations on, a, on an amazing career. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, uh, let's talk about some fun things. Yes. I want to laugh a lot. I have a lot of questions for you. How did we get here? How did we get to this point? You had been working out with the franchise. You had not had a contract, but you were giving it, it your all. And I always say to media members, unless you've walked in their shoes, don't ever tell an athlete when to walk away to the game. How did we get here? Yeah, um, I was lucky enough that uh, it comes down from the uh, owners, Ray, um, and the coaching staff and the players, that they allow me to be part of this team and uh, uh, take my time to figure out uh, if I can uh, still play, still do what I love to do. And um, you know, and do something well, obviously. And uh, um, I've been dealing with the knee issue. We all know that for the last couple of years. Uh, last year wasn't as much fun. I had it fixed, and it's better, which is a good thing. But uh, when you miss all that time, uh, you come to realize uh, that when you're accustomed to doing your job to 100% and to the best abilities, uh, there comes a time with uh, the injuries that you all of a sudden unable to do that. And uh, because of these guys and everybody, the whole organization gave me the time to process everything. Uh, I really did give my uh, best and gave my all to come back and practice. And uh, and um, but then mentally, all of a sudden, just uh, you know, my my drive, my my heart is still in it, but my drive all of a sudden wasn't in it as much as I, as I would like to. So I start thinking, hey, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the the thing that everybody's talking about that uh, you, when you know you'll know um and you know i enjoyed practicing i enjoyed training but then i didn't kind of see myself going through the grind because uh, you know a lot of people most of the people don't know what it really takes to be a professional athlete and it's not just a preparation to practice but it's another level of uh, physical involvement um, uh, mental Mentally, you know how much you have to put in uh, on a daily basis, how much it takes toll on you, on a family, and I kind of started to f- realize that maybe I'm not up to it anymore. For a guy who English is not your first language, I, I don't need to be here. You, you, you are answering my questions before I'm asking. Um, the training part of it. Yeah. Um, a lot of athletes have told me it's a lonely feeling. Um, this franchise reached out to you and, and, and the connection between you and the Devils goes without saying, but how lonely was it to, to train, not travel, not play, not see a game, not score a goal, but yet still do all the work? Well, uh, honestly, last year was a little bit harder than this year um, because I didn't see the results after some of the things I had done uh, you know, for me to be able to play again. And I train. It didn't feel that good, so I had to get another procedure done. I train again, and really wasn't the result I was looking for. And uh, so it's okay to go through uh, stuff, uh, you know, health stuff, and having uh, surgeries or you know 
when you know you'll get better and you know there is a there's the end of the tunnel you know there's the light at, at the end of the tunnel and uh, um last year was harder because i really didn't feel like the things i was getting done really helped but then comes the game of the last season and i'm like oh let's, you know this this is what it's all about you know this this is like i can do that so uh, then i made a decision with uh, with the co- coach and uh, and uh, and ray that you know i really wanted to do a m- bigger procedure maybe if i can play for another year or two or three maybe afterwards and uh, like i said it, it did it gets lonely but i'm a guy that i need to stay active no matter what even if it's a hockey or obviously different other sports uh, that's going to be coming in my life but uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy the grind, uh, but just the practicing. That's what I was trying to say. You know, like uh, it's you know me going on the ice for 45 minutes an hour four times a week. It's totally different than these guys do it constant, constant and they're on the ice eight, nine, ten times a week because they have to go for morning skates, they have to travel, they have to play games, they have to practice. So it's it was another step up and. Uh, um, I uh, really kind of had to sit back, and with them giving me the opportunity to take my time and see, you know, if I'm gonna be cap- capable of that, that just, uh, you know, was a lot easier decision. People are listening to this. They want me to ask you about the overtime in Dallas. They want me to ask about the cups, about Marty, about McGillney, about everybody. They wanted me to ask, but I want to go on this this subject for for one more question, and that is. Um, when you're going through the the motions of, of all this and you're you're going through the process was there a veteran teammate maybe more than one that talked you through it that kind of guided you because you were a guide for younger players and you had guides when you were a younger player yeah you know you you talk to your uh, friends talk to your family you can name drop here. The, the, it's a friendly place. Yeah, you know, I, and I mean, people wouldn't know my friends. Obviously, they're, they're outside of hockey. You know, my, my 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 family, wife, parents, everybody. You know, they're like, you know, I you should play. You should. Most of them kind of trying to convince me to to play, and um, you know, all my friends here in Jersey, uh, they they like. You know, you're fine. You'll be fine. And I was practicing with the guys, and most of the times I wasn't. When I wasn't skating myself, I was skating with the guys that were hurt or coming back from the injuries. And they're like, what are you waiting for? You look good. You look fine. I'm like, yeah, that might seem to you, might look to you, and you might be right. But it's just, you got to have that drive. You got to have that willingness. And, you know, and because if you don't have that, you're not going to be the player you want it to be. It's not just the health that uh, can affect your play, but the mental stage of you know person that's that's the biggest part and if you're not ready for that then it's going to affect your play and the team and you don't want to go through that so now that the cat's out of the bag and you're you're announcing this uh there's going to be some some ceremonies there's going to be some some acknowledgments uh in the final week uh with the team um this is a team that takes its history very seriously uh has, has any of those things gone through your mind have you thought about what that might be like uh, I understand there's a skate involved. You're going to wear the uniform again. Um, the the flashbulbs from the crowd are going to be fantastic. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about it for the past couple of days only. Um, you know, me and Ray had a conversation, many conversations for the past few, few months. And uh, it just, you know, last uh, last couple of weeks we made that final decision. And for the last two days, two, three days, we were trying to play with the ideas what uh, what to do and 
I thought maybe, hey, you know, this would be cool. Maybe I'll go out there for a the face-off or drop a puck or something. But uh, they have obviously a lot more things in mind, and 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 I'm so appreciative of that. You know, it's 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 humbling, and uh, I wouldn't think that those guys would do so much for me. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm, uh, you know, I hope it's not gonna be that much of a distraction for the guys. I hope the guys in here and the players in the locker room, everybody will kind of just jump on a wagon and just enjoy it for a week you know uh, obviously it's the season has been a little bit rough but uh, hopefully they can uh, you know br- it'll bring a little bit of excitement and they'll see maybe you know what it takes uh, and what it meant uh, to some of us to be part of the devils organization and maybe hopefully they'll uh, um, that'll kind of encourage them for the future franchise records for goals you have had amazing runs uh, offensively uh, during a time when this franchise was known as a defensive team it, people didn't think offense with devils were you able to seize that opportunity or how did you adapt to that play i think that a lot of people got a wrong impression about our team <laughs> you know what i'm saying like we were always now now we're having fun yeah you know it's uh, we were called a you know the trap team the defensive team but you look at some of those years we had the most goals for so it, it was you know the to play well defensively it lead us to a good offense and we had a some of the years we had unbelievable players talented players and and a lot of fun obviously going through those uh, regular seasons and uh, and the playoff runs all right so playoff runs um the team had already won a cup but you're on this team you're in the series with Dallas rather than go to specific plays or Arnett's goal or anything like that what comes to mind when you look back to that time? Well, that year, I I think it was the series against uh, Flyers when we were down three-one, uh, and uh, Scott Stevens. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's the video that everybody sees. Right, and then you know, inside the locker room, you have one of the nicest people and calmest guys, Larry Robinson, just going crazy, you know, and all of a sudden, just that that got us going. Uh, Scotty's hit kind of helped. Yeah. And uh, you know, from that point on, the, this, the, the things changed for us. The series has changed, and that kind of gave us uh, so much confidence going into the finals. And uh, and obviously, we know what happened at the end. Scott Gomez said on the show that seeing Scott's hit on Lindros changed every person that was in a bird's eye view of it. It what you could feel it from the bench. Where were you when you when, when that hit happened? I don't think I was on the ice, but yeah, I think he's totally right that I'm sure it has changed our thinking all of a sudden, and it changed the Flyers' thinking. You know, you you just see it happening, kind of seeing developing, and he's like, oh, this is going to happen, and you just, you know, you hear that, uh, and we've heard that many times with him, actually. Um, You know, and yeah, it's just been you realize how one thing can change the momentum of you know of the whole series and of the whole playoff run you know it, it's amazing because at that point then the next year you go to the finals again the colorado series and the interesting part about that is at any point does a fan get spoiled it it just seemed to me at this point this is a a the glorious time of the franchise Yes, you didn't win Game 7, but this idea that this franchise is as much of a powerhouse, what did it feel like to be part of that? 
especially and, and a leader on that. Yeah, especially those two years. Uh, they're still my top two years, you know, uh, part of my career. Uh, I, I had so much fun, um, not just playing with Peter and uh, Jason, but that was a big part of it because we had, it just clicked everything and we had so much fun practicing and playing, but it just kind of was just as a team. It was just, uh, you know, in uh, 2000 when we won, we, we had a great players, we, we enjoyed being with each other on ice, off the ice, you know, the camaraderie goes a long way, and uh, we've had that, and then in 2000, 2001 season, we were even better, yeah. we were even better team, and, uh, and the games were even better, we we knew that when we play our game, and when we pick it up, and play to the potentials that we could, every one of us, there wasn't a team that could really beat us, and that was just just unreal feeling, and it was just fun, like you just wanted to play, you just didn't want to you know, just wanted to be on the ice. We couldn't wait to get on the practice. And I said that many times. Like, s- most of our practices were harder than some of our games. You know, because you had you played, you practiced against Scotty. You practiced right. against Dano and right. Bobby Holik and those guys. And it was physically demanding and tough because that's the way they were. And that then you, you jump in a game. Like, yeah, that's kind of some of the games seemed easy. You know, so that prepared us for uh, for what was coming. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that finals was tough. But I think that well, the end of it, the end of it, <laughs> the end of it, especially the game six, at home, you know, at home because we really had them in the first period. But obviously, Patrick Roy was standing on his head, and you know, we, I think the shots were like fifteen to three or something. We were losing one, I think. So I kind of really that tells you, like one thing can sure. one thing can only change the momentum or perspective on the game, and I think it was one of those things. You you can hear when you. <coughs> You can hear when you when you look at uh, you, the way you're referencing names, you know Peter Sikora, Jason Arnott, uh, Bobby Holik. You hear those names, and chills go to the people listening to this. Um, was the camaraderie as close as every fan who just has their jersey from that year wants to believe it was? No, well. I think that every one of us will tell you those were two special years. And I can speak for um, obviously all of all of those guys, but for most of the other guys, I think it has been the two best years of our careers. And were we a great team with no issues? No, you know we were. There were fights in the practice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There were fights in the practice. There, you know, the slashing, just going after each other, you know, mouthing off, swearing at each other. But we knew that once it got to the game against the other teams. We're, we're one team. During the course of your career, you played for a lot of coaches. Yeah. That was one thing Lou was known for. He, yeah. he changed coaches a lot. Um, does it demean the value of the coach to have so many coaches? Or does it show that he was the boss and that, that the coach was just a player in the whole formula? Well, Lou always felt... Lou always did make decisions for what he believed would be the best possible way to get this team to the playoffs and for this team to succeed and obviously win the Stanley Cup. And he didn't obviously care if it was game one, off-season, game 20, or game 75, that if he didn't feel like the team was going the right direction and 
there was something missing, he would make a changes. And obviously that's why there, there were so many of the changes. And for whatever reasons. And he was always the main guy making the decisions. I can't speak if all if it was always the right one or you know, but you you as a player you try to not to look into it too much and not to uh kind of you do care because you depending on what type of maybe a style you're playing what you know you like maybe certain coaches more than other coaches because they're they they coach better suiting style to you so you know it's a learning process and you go through years maybe when you when you don't play as well and you're looking for answers why and uh, um, maybe you have a great relationship with coach and then you don't have a great relationship with uh, relationship with the other coach so but it's that's that's the way it is that's normal life you have friends and you have issues you have problems you try to deal with it I would never ask you to pick your favorite child, but yeah. do you have a favorite coach? Was there one coach that you had the most synergy with, click with? Well, for me, if, if, if I would have to pick one, it's hard. But uh, you know, Robbie Thorek was our was my first coach when I came down here. You know, I uh, I was in a training camp in '95, and then they sent me obviously down to Albany, and he was my coach there, and I loved him. I I couldn't speak. English very well or at all almost and he put me in a situation that I could succeed down there I was playing with Scotty um, Pellerin and uh, Steve uh, Sullivan so I was on a f- you know first line with those type of players so he put me always in a position that to, to succeed then he left obviously being assistant here when he became a head coach I was already up here kinda and he, he put me and Peter and Jason together so again that made our line unbelievably successful and he you know, I remember I had a meeting with him and he said listen I you're not just the average player you I think you're one of the top players in the league and you gotta act that way you gotta play that way you know you gotta practice that way and he really put me in the situations that I could succeed and um, so I'm very thankful for that because you can be talented you can have all the tools, but sometimes when you don't have the right type of coach at the right time for you, you're not going to show exactly what's what's inside of you. How do you bring that to the ice? And I'm not saying that you didn't, but how do you bring that to the ice and the dressing room? There are players on this year's team that have enormous amounts of talent. And, you know, without being able to lift the curtain, you just want to see that leadership develop like you're saying. It takes a long time, you know. It take, it it's it just doesn't come in. Some you know you have some players, some type of players that do have that leadership in them, and obviously when they come to a new environment, they just need a little bit of a time to, you know, to come out and to be comfortable and to become the players that they can be, and uh, and just because they're having a bad year, it doesn't mean that it's not gonna help them in the long run. You know, it's it's gonna make them better. I've, you know, I had I had bad years. You know, and I just wanted there were a few, obviously, where I wasn't really happy and satisfied with what I was accomplishing and the way I was performing. And, um, you know, you try to look at mirror, obviously, see what you're doing wrong and, um, you know, what's affecting your game, etc. And there's different situations, uh, personal lives, you know, things happen. Um, you know, there's people inside the team that affect your play if it's players teammates line mates coaches and everything so it all comes in hands but there are things that you can deal with and there's things that you can control so you just 
go go about it you know work hard try to tr- stay true to your game true to your kind of work ethic and what brought you maybe to be successful and you deal with that i don't want to hear the flack on social media so i don't want to neglect the 2003 championship uh a championship that uh was a, an older team a, a veteran team um and a lot of people didn't know that the devil still had that in them yeah and uh and Look, comparing that team to the 2000 and 2001 team or the 2000 team that we won, night and day. Like we weren't, we weren't, and that's, you know, I don't want it to come negative. It was just true. Like we weren't as talented as we had that team prior. Uh, But we were, we had guys that were hard-nosed, worked hard, um, Obviously, the goaltending always helps having Marty back there. Obviously, you know, you know when you have one of the best, of, if not the best, goaltender in history, that gives you the comfort zone that you can win some of those games. And when you, do, again, it's, you know, you you look at what type of players do you have as a team, and you play that type of game to it. And uh, we played very uh, um, defensive kind of, you know, low-scoring games, but it just uh, we had a. Ang Sang Heroes coming at the right time, and you know, you look at uh, Jeff Friesen, you look at my, um, my buddy Mike, you're up, you know, you look at you know, the goals they had during a playoff run, you know, and not too many people will know about them or will hear their name that often, but uh, they obviously meant a lot to us. No, no question about it, and, and, and Marty is a separate subject because he's a, he's a guy, he was a human being, but he was superhuman at, at some point. And you know how he didn't win Conn Smythe that year. I don't. I still don't understand that. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, about the Meadowlands. Um, it's a different place than here. You played in both, so you and you've seen success in both. 2012. Um, what was the best and worst thing about that building, and how special it seems to be for so many fans? Yeah. Um Obviously, what was the most special, you know, us being successful there, winning the cup, and and uh, just coming down there, driving, you know, on the turnpike, you know, but that might be probably the, you know, the worst thing going, going, you know, you know, riding on the turnpike in between the swamps, and uh, you know, you get away from the left side, coming back, you get away from the right side, so that might be it, but. Um, it had a, you know, it was special to us. You know, it probably wasn't the best uh, location for fans, and I get it why because, uh, you know, if a fan wanted to come in and maybe hang out and having all this that's that's happening in here and in most of the buildings in NHL now or all of them, you know, you, 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 it builds up, it builds up more of a fun place for them to go to. So I get it why, you know, why that wasn't a favorite place, but it's all. I bet you most of the fans will still say that they love that place because they've seen a lot of winning ways there you know a lot of winning games and uh, Stanley Cups the captaincy uh, how important was it to have that on your jersey and how at peace are you with the decision to not have it on your jersey I, I was proud no question about it when it happened uh, um, when I was offered it and uh, um, you replaced Scotty right yeah and I um, you know it, it show something you know it tells you something about a person about a player as a, as a player and as a individual and uh, I was honestly humbled and proud to, to, to wear that and uh, was I ready for that probably not because I think that uh, 
once you have it, it ju- you just think you have to do more. Um, if I probably had it, maybe uh, three, four years later, it would be better. Um, but um, no matter what, you know, I was proud to be one of the Devils' captains, no, no question about it. And the way it happened, not having it, let's not talk about that because it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't done the right way, and uh, you know, it was a little unfortunate, but. I think I the, the A on my jersey suits me better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was something that um, it was a, a connection to uh, that leadership that you were talking about. And you referenced um, just the idea of being that. As you transitioned in your career and became one of the veteran players, and there's Zach Parise uh, and Ilya Kovalchuk on the team, um, how did you embrace that type of role and is that something that you see yourself potentially in the future? Being a leader in a different way. To you could be a coach. You could be an assistant coach. You could be a, you know someone who works with players. It could be on a on a younger level. It doesn't have to be on the NHL level. Well, first, let's let's talk about the leadership role towards the towards the end of your career. Yeah, I, I I think that I always wanted to be one of the leaders. You know, maybe not vocally at first because obviously English was my second language, and I like when I came in when I was 19 I did not speak any English so it took a quite a while to be comfortable with uh, speaking and speaking publicly and in front not just in front of your buddies but it, it it takes you know a certain person to 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 be able to just come you know get up and talk and different situations so you got to grow into it but I think I just wanted to be one of the leaders only I just be the guy when he's scoring the big goals and making a big play so I think that's you know you kind of see that's how you kind of see that maybe hey you know these guys has could be one of the leaders or something and um with you know i being older and being a leader i just knew that i had to do what i wanted to do you know what i knew that was the right way to do it um to play the game to train uh to to eat to care about a game and you talk about it it's with certain guys more because you know that certain guys don't want to listen to you don't want to really they're not those type of players, maybe, or type of people. They, they're like, okay, I'll do it my way anyway. So you just, you tried to show the right way, try to come in and prepare and practice and play the game and care about the game, wins and losses, and uh, hopefully they can watch you. And yeah, vocally, obviously, yeah, there were the right times to to get up and and say something. I always think it's cliche to ask how you want to be remembered, but. What does that logo and that uniform mean to you? A team. Um, being a part of something, uh, sp- you know, being a part of uh, something special for, you know, it's, I'm so proud to to play for only one orga- organization. And trust me, there were probably a few times that uh, <laughs> chances, uh, you know, that uh, uh, it could happen that I was going was gonna to be maybe in other team but uh, not just from my side but probably even from Lou's side you know that he I'm sure he thought about maybe a couple of times hey you know let's get rid of him or something yeah enough enough of this relationship but we made it work and uh, you know I was so lucky to as hard and as sometimes difficult relationship we had because uh, even that was a progress um, I, I was lucky enough to have, to to have him for that long for most of my career here because uh, when you do go through rough years, you know he 
he backed you up yeah. you know and um i think that i made a decisions couple of times when i felt like i want to be loyal that loyalty meant a lot to me and um you know here we are today well i want to reference an earlier podcast for the audience and for you when we had gomez in here and he said how strange it must have been to see Marty in a St. Louis Blues uniform. And I responded, well, at least it wasn't a Ranger uniform. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, that, that would be hard for that type of thing, for that type of player, for that type of person. Yeah, it would be hard. But things happen. Uh, do you have a plan? Uh, is New Jersey still going to be home for you? Um do you still want to stay? Do you want to go back back home? I mean, your kids now have, have yeah. friends and, and stuff. Yeah, I got two two girls, so, you know, six and three year old, and obviously all of my family is back at home. All of my family is back at home in Czech, and uh, so. Uh, but we like it here. You know, this has been my home for twenty twenty two years, so obviously more than half of my life, and. Um, it's gonna be a decisions that we have to make in the next next couple of months. We've been talking about it for a while. Um, the good thing is, you know, um, we can uh, we can go back for a while. We can come back anytime. Um, both of the girls speak English and they love the you know American school system. We have uh, we live in uh, in Prague in Czech Republic, so we have all the English uh, or British or American schools back at home. So hopefully they won't lose that. But this. Hockey, this profession, you know, this uh, my professional life has given me the opportunity of being free. In uh, and one of those things is that hey, if I want to live there, if I want to move there, I'm gonna live there. So, and uh, so I'm thankful for that. And uh, we'll see. But uh, parents are getting older, so want to spend a little bit of a time maybe with them. And uh, uh, we'll see. But uh, hockey-wise, coaching-wise, you know, when you so long in it that's the only one thing that you understand the most and uh, so if i'm not saying that this is something that i'll do for sh- for sure, sure but i do want to enjoy my time off a little bit and just do things that i wasn't capable of doing uh, or able to do skiing other sports traveling a little bit and uh, when the time is right i'm sure i'll i'll get back in here so finally uh i'll ask the question that everybody uh, wants to ask when you look back at your your devil's hockey career how do you want to be remembered as a loyal uh, you know loyal player loyal guy funny guy you know i think that a lot of i think i had a good relationship with with a lot of the fans the way i come across i think that i like the sarcasm a little bit and uh, you know joke around but uh, obviously as a player i think that I just hope that uh, people enjoy watching me. That's about it. The fans uh, have a special relationship with this this team. Um, I don't want to steal Marty's line, but he said it's not always the greatest numbers, but the people who do, they, they connect with the team, whether it's the logo or the players or what. Um, the fans are a special part of this. Yeah, no question about it. Um, you know, even it's so hard to... You know, kind of look back and realize how m- how many years you know I've played here and how many people have supported me personally and us as an orga- organization. And um, 
obviously when you have a time and you kind of look back and you see now I'm in the stands and you see that you, I hear it every time I come in and during a game people just talk about stories you know what you meant and I'm so thankful for their support and uh, hopefully they'll uh, they'll have they'll have fun for for a little while longer for next week and uh, come to come to support us uh, and this team for many many years well to say thanks for 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 your time thanks for all of the years uh I'm a fan as much as I am uh, working here and uh, so many great memories and so much great time and I'm looking forward to seeing you on the ice and I just wish you nothing but the best. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That is Patrick Eliash. I wish luck to the guy who has to follow this for the next episode. Uh, My name is Seth Everett. (laughs) This is a devil of a conversation. We'll talk to you soon.